1: We just kind of read through that and we take it for granted oh yeah these three you know and that maybe that's where the whole thing you know the tradition developed about them being kings themselves because why else would they be given an audience with the king of Judea why would that happen why you know they just come to Jerusalem thousands of people there they're visitors you know what I mean you understand not every tourist that comes to Miami Beach gets a sit down with the mayor we're talking about the king here
0: There are a lot of common misconceptions about Jesus' birth and early years that have cropped up over the centuries. Even beloved songs like We Three Kings are misleading. As Pastor Robert examines Matthew's account of this encounter in today's message, he'll separate some of the facts from fiction. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. And here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew, chapter 2, with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. His love is the main
1: thing. Dr. J. Vernon McGee is one of my favorite Bible teachers. He's been now, you know, he went on to be with Jesus a number of years ago, but um, I, I used to love listening to him on the radio. I thoroughly enjoyed reading, you know, his. Sermons and his commentary and and stuff like that. He was an old old Texan, so it's kind of nostalgic for me, being from Georgia. The uh, his Texas accent and my family's Georgia accent sound almost identical. So it's just a lot of fun for me listening to Doctor McGee teaching the Bible. And as as I was reading his thoughts on Matthew chapter two, which is where we are today, he he pointed out that. Just kind of a reminder that, that Matthew was, he was a Jewish guy. He was writing to, to give a historical record of events to the Jewish people and, and, and to make sure that he showed them exactly how Jesus fulfilled the prophecies concerning the Jewish Messiah. And he said this. McGee says, I'm sure there were many sincere students of the scriptures living in Christ's day who wondered how all of these prophecies could be fulfilled. It seemed difficult, if not impossible. Let me list several here, and then we will see how they were fulfilled at the time of Christ's birth. He was to be born in Bethlehem. Micah chapter five, verse two. We looked at that last week. Number two, he was to be called out of Egypt. Hosea chapter 11, verse one, that's the prophecy. Number three, there was to be weeping in Ramah. That's Jeremiah 31, 15. And then four, he was a root from the stem of Jesse, and therefore to be called a Nazarene. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. Since Christ was to be born in Bethlehem, why should there be weeping in Ramah, which is about as far north of Jerusalem as Bethlehem is south of Jerusalem? And he was to be called a Nazarene, even though he would be born in Bethlehem and called out of Egypt. The question is, how could all of these prophecies be fulfilled in a little baby? Well, Matthew shows how literally, accurately, and easily all were fulfilled without any strain on prophecy or on history. It came about just as God said it would come about. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 tells us, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, "'Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, "'Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? "'For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. "'When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. "'And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together,' he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now, I wanna quickly point out three things from this passage. The first one is that our tradition of three wise men or the three kings, it's actually not biblical. If you look at what the Bible says, well, we don't know how many there were. We're not told how many. We're just told that some wise men came from the east. And as Dr. McGee worded it, there could have been three. There could have been 300. We don't know. There's nothing in there that really indicates. And we're not told that they were kings. There's nothing in the scriptures that ever indicate anything about three kings or that these wise men were kings among their people now also want you to notice actually this is my second point that the star that they saw did not initially lead them it said they saw his star in the east and so they went to jerusalem looking to find out where is he where was he born This star that had been predicted by the prophet Balaam in Numbers chapter 24 verse 17 was something that apparently they'd been watching for. They'd been paying attention. They had been eagerly anticipating the birth of this one predicted in the Jewish scriptures. They were waiting for the Messiah. They wanted to go and worship him. And their arrival in Jerusalem seems like it must have caused a commotion for some reason. And they were given an audience with the king. Now, that's another one, you know. We just kind of read through that and we take it for granted. Oh, yeah, these three, you know. And that maybe that's where the whole thing, you know, the tradition developed about them being kings themselves. Because why else would they be given an audience with the king of Judea? Why would that happen? Why? You know, they just come to Jerusalem. Thousands of people there. They're visitors. You know what I mean? You understand not every tourist that comes to Miami Beach gets to sit down with the mayor. We're talking about the king here. Why would they be given such access to King Herod? I think they were brought before King Herod. Now, again, listen, this is opinion, okay? That's all this is. But I think they were brought before the king, probably because he had been told about their mission, and he was paranoid. You see, Herod the Great wasn't actually a king. He wasn't even Jewish, in fact. He was an Idumean, he was from another country, he was of another heritage, he he was appointed. To be the king in Judah by the Roman Emperor. He was resented, he was hated, and he was pretty paranoid. The guy was notoriously corrupt and, and, and really concerned about any perceived rival for his position. And so he hears about this group of people, whether it was three or 30 or 300 or whatever, he hears about them showing up wanting to know where the Messiah was born. We've come looking for the one born King of the Jews, because we know this guy wasn't born to the title. Historians suggest he bought it, you know, because he, he basically contributed to the campaign fund uh, of the Roman emperor. Didn't work like that, but you guys get the idea anyway. The third thing I want you to notice here is that the religious leaders in Israel knew exactly where the Messiah was to be born. Herod asked him a question. Herod, he was clueless. He didn't know. These these wise men from the east, they didn't know. They came to Jerusalem. Where is he? Born king of the Jews. And Herod's like, I don't know. Where where was he supposed to be born? And he's gathering the chief priests, you know, the, the experts. He gathers them together. He asked them the question, and it's significant that we need to notice. They didn't say, well, you, uh, you know, King, give us, give us a day. Let us go do some research on this one. I mean, this is, that's a big, it's an important question. We don't want to get it wrong, so let us go back and confer together and study the Scriptures and look at the prophecies. That's not what we see, is it? Immediately they knew. Micah chapter 5, Bethlehem. If he's been born, Bethlehem. Got to be Bethlehem, because that's what the prophecies tell us. That's that's what Micah chapter 5. But you see, here's, here's the thing that I want us to notice about this. They knew. They knew up here. But it wasn't personal. They weren't eagerly anticipating the arrival of the Messiah. They knew where he would be born. They did not know he had been born these foreigners coming from another place they knew he's been born where is he and all of the religious leaders all the scribes the king of Judah the people of Jerusalem were freaked out they were troubled why because they didn't know you mean you mean Messiah has come and we didn't even know yeah that's what it means just like today
2: been listening to Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fowler. During this season that's filled with uncertainty, we know that one thing is unchanged. God is in control. We encourage you to take time daily to spend in the Word, in prayer. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Miami Beach is holding church online. We'd love for you to join us. Go to calvarymiamibeach.org connect to our sunday virtual service and be sure to visit and subscribe to our youtube channel for more messages we also know how essential prayer is during this time and we want you to know we're already praying for you is there anything specific we can be lifting up to the lord please let us know through our prayer request form at calvarymiamibeach.org would you do the same for us Please keep Pastor Robert and our church staff in your prayers, as well as our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. And if you feel led to support Main Thing Radio financially during this time, we would be grateful. You can donate online at calvarymiamibeach.org. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Main Thing Radio.